This is Greg Collins, Substitute Teacher's Lounge. It was back to school this week, and I got to see all my students on my computer screen. But we made it work. Well, guys, this was the week. As you know, if you've listened to the previous episodes here in the state of Kentucky, this was the week in our district when we went back to school. We had originally planned, even under our COVID plans, to have the kids return two weeks after the teachers, which would have been August 26, actually inside the building. But the governor gave us some advice that the uh, school district decided to ad- adhere to and take up his advice. And, of course, he's the governor's trying to protect the citizens of this state. So we decided not to come back to school physically until September 28th. But we came back virtually on September 4th, this past Wednesday. And, you know, it's, it's crazy. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Most of the kids at home were using Chromebooks or maybe a laptop that they already have. A few used their cell phones, and that was okay. I use Zoom, as you know, when I interview people for this podcast, but we also use Zoom for those classes because not only am I most familiar with that, I just think it's got more tools that a lot of the other Uh, software packages of of that style, and uh, most everybody in the country is now aware of that. In fact, I think one day this week, Zoom stock went up 30%, so that was crazy. But anyway, so we're using Zoom, and you know, I've always said, you know, sixth graders might be my favorite group. This year, I am teaching sixth graders in my first period. I'm teaching seventh graders also, which are just shortly removed from when I had them in sixth grade back in March. So we had a lot of fun. It was exciting getting the classes together. We did not know what was going to happen. We made our preparations. I work closely with the other teachers that I'm teaching with. If you haven't heard a previous podcast, I have been hired as a full-time substitute teacher. So obviously, I will be using their curriculum. They give me the latitude to present it in any way that I want. We didn't do a whole lot of that this week, of course, because we were kind of getting acquainted with everybody. We only had two days of class. That third day we used for some mandated things we needed to cover with students. So it was really a good time. Now, don't get me wrong. This kind of teaching will never replace face-to-face, so I am still looking forward to September 28th, but yet it was kind of cool to see all the kids again, and I'll tell you some of the things that happened. Let me first give you some advice about Zoom and your internet in your school systems as well. The first day, there were some issues, mild issues, part of which had to do with the internet, part of which had to do with the students on the other end, part of which had to do, we, we were just using this for students for the first time. So we probably got, you know, maybe we're half and half at our school, half the teachers using Zoom, half the teachers using Google Meets. Now, believe me, I love Google, especially their search engine. 
they've, of course, got practically a monopoly in the schools now. And there's some of their tools that I'm as not as crazy about. Had I not already learned Zoom, I probably would have used Google Meet. So I think that tool is just as good. I heard problems from both Google Meets and Zoom this week. Not problems that couldn't be rectified, though. Let me tell you my experience with the Zoom part of things. First of all, I will give you some guidance. If you're teachers that will do Zoom or are now doing Zoom or just want to know from the next time we may have to use Zoom. I won't go through all the details of setting up a Zoom meeting, but it's basically the same for everyone. In our case, we can go to Zoom. We log into Google so that it recognizes our, I should say we log in using Google so that it recognizes our school email address. And that kind of links us with the school system and gets everything going, syncing with the school system itself. In fact, I used Google to log in the first time and I double check because there's a way in our school system to go to the school page and get into Zoom as well. But they both work in our case. They might not in yours. I would recommend you do whatever your computer people in your school system tell you to do. It's usually a lot easier. Some of the problems that we had to get adjusted to, and, and sometimes it was just because maybe I did something wrong, but we came to the conclusion that you don't want to send these big fancy meeting invites. Less is more. So when you do get your meeting scheduled and you need to share the link on Google Classroom or anywhere with your students, just copy that URL link and put that and that only in you know, the Google Classroom announcement that you're making for your students. If you do it that way, you won't have to, they won't have to worry about the passcode because the passcode is actually built into that link. So that's what I would recommend doing. And then a few of your own more friendly comments to make everybody at ease. But it was really kind of exciting to do that. I will tell you before I forget that one of the things about Zoom since you're going to be sharing your screen a lot and you might actually be sharing videos a lot, some of which you want to talk over, but then some of which you want them to hear the sound. And we had both types this week. So in Zoom, when you start to share your screen, it will give you choices of which screen to share first because you're probably going to have multiple things open. You can share pictures from your desktop. You can share videos from your screen. You can share any one of the tabs that you have open. We did a short Kahoot review in one of my classes this week, so I had that tab open. They were able to play that on another device, or there's a way to split your screen by just dragging the tab away and, and opening both screens at the same time. So we had a lot of fun with that. But the what I was going to mention about Zoom, once you click share screen, you're going to get a window pop up and the lower right hand corner says share and it's also got multiple screens that you can choose from if you plan on showing a video in which you want them to hear sound you need to look at the lower left hand corner of that pop-up window after you click share screen and it will sh say something to uh, the effect of share the sound with the students and then there's another box next to it that says optimize the video you really need to check both of those. In fact, I really haven't seen any deterrence of just checking that all the time, whether you get that to the point of sharing a video or not. 
if you don't check those boxes, then any video you're going to play will not be able to be heard by your students. It will just be the video itself, the mouse moving, and nothing else. So you want to make sure you click that video. The only... If you don't do that, then the only way they're going to hear that video at all is what it's picking up through your microphone on your computer or if you have a side mic from your side mic, and you don't want that. You 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 want them to be able to hear the sound right through their own sources and through the video straight from your screen. So that's one thing you have to remember. Click the sound button at the bottom left on that pop-up and then click the optimize video screen. Now, after you do that, and one of the things that's really helpful is the annotation feature. Now, accessing that feature is a little bit different based on the devices you're on. So sometimes it's at the top, sometimes it's at the bottom. And one thing you have to remember about Zoom, if you're wanting to record or anything like that, those menus are hidden until you scroll to the bottom or possibly scroll to the top. Usually it's wherever you see the red block that says sharing video screen. You scroll up to there. Don't click anything. That scroll up. Those features, all those features drop down. One of those is the annotation tool. When you click that, you've got choices of pins, but when you click that, it will default to a pen that you can just draw with on any screen, okay? One of the things we did, just a little math puzzle. I'll tell you about it if you want to use your class. I like to show them a few math tricks, usually ones that they can't really use in practice because I don't want them to use the tricks and then forget how to do it on their own in the normal way. One of those was that you can take any calendar page, draw a block around any nine calendar dates. Make sure it's a three by three block so you would have nine different dates on there. And it's funny, if you add up the dates, add up the numbers, it's always equal to nine times the middle number. It's really kind of cool. I had them get a calendar page and they could go to any month, doesn't matter what month you use, but you can draw a block around any nine calendar dates, a three by three block. I think we used three, four, five, 10, 11, 12, if I'm doing the math right, 17, 18, 19, add that up. And that adds up to 90, by the way, which is the same as the middle number, which is 10 multiplied by nine. So we thought that was cool. Another thing we did with annotation is I went to one of the features about Zoom. When you share your screen, it will ask you which one you want to share. And one of the options is whiteboard. And it's just like you're drawing on a whiteboard. Now, I will tell you this. This is probably the best feature to use if you want to just write some notes and do some mathematical problems that you expect them to either watch or copy down. Because the whiteboard works just like you would expect a whiteboard to work, except you're in a virtual environment. You again click annotation, but in this case, since you're on a whiteboard and it knows you might need other tools, you've got highlighters, you've got different color pens, you can draw on this thing. We did one little cool thing where I taught them if you're you're multiplying any two-digit number by 11, 
you add the digits together, put that in the middle, and put the first digit and the second digit on either side. Now that sounds confusing, doesn't it? That's why you need a whiteboard, because if you're not drawing this while you're explaining it, nobody could probably figure out what you're talking about. As an example, 43 times 11. So you take the 43, add the digits, that's 7. Write the 7 down. Put the 4 from 43 on the left side of the 7. Put the 3 from 43 on the right side of the 7 so that you have 473. And yes, in fact, 43 times 11 is 473. And you can use that with any two-digit number. That's kind of a cool little math trick. They shouldn't depend on that, but in a pinch, if for some strange reason they got to multiply a two-digit number by 11, it works every time. So that's one of the cool things we did on the whiteboard. Now, let me back up just a moment. I've told you all the stuff we're doing. Here's some of the issues that we had on the other end. If you copy that entire Zoom invite and there's a passcode in there, and depending on what they click on the other end, it will ask for the passcode. So that will confuse your students just a little bit. It's nobody's fault. That's just the way Zoom is designed. And you remember that Zoom was originally a conferencing tool in businesses. So that's why it was set up that way. You know, a lot of people just want you to click the meeting and click a passcode so that they know they didn't have anybody infiltrating the system. Now, I will tell you this. Our school district, and I expect that most school districts, have it set up that when the students get into your Zoom meeting, and they can really log into it anytime, even, you know, I see some... I saw somebody, the, the, some students, the day before the meeting was supposed to start, actually log into the meeting. And they were just playing around with the features, and I'm okay with that. Our school district has, it, has a feature turned on called Waiting Room. And in fact, I can't even turn it off if I wanted to, but it's really a good feature because if the students want to get in to Zoom before the time for the meeting to officially start, they can do that. They go to a waiting room. In fact, that's the way I did it. I started opening, I started actually opening the, starting the meeting from my end, probably a half an hour early before I, earlier than I planned on actually beginning to talk to them, just to kind of keep a feel for who, who was already logging in. And it was so cool because the first day, especially, I guess the kids, believe it or not, were just, they were e either so excited about getting back to school virtually or getting to see their friends, at least on a computer screen, that a lot of them were in there a half an hour early. So it was really kind of cool to see that. And then what I would do, like my first period, I would begin the Zoom meeting at 8.30. There was a lot of kids already in at 8, maybe 10. There are 16 students in the class. So I had all in there but one. What I had done is just given them the link number to the Zoom meeting, told them it would be a recurring meeting. They could use that link from now on if they wanted. And we would until we got back into the classroom. So they were when when you put it on Google Classroom, they knew what to do. They had logged into Google Classroom, and I'll make a comment about that here in just a moment. And they clicked that Zoom link, and they were ready to go. So at eight thirty sharp, I clicked the admit all button that admits everybody in the waiting room 
into the meeting, and then you start seeing all the kids, all their screens pop up. Now, you do also have the option of admitting one student at a time. In fact, I can't imagine a day go by where maybe a student, their internet connection drops out and they have to log back into the meeting, then you'd have to admit them again. So when you hit the admit all button, it admits everybody that's in the waiting room at that time. So if somebody goes into the waiting room after that, you'll get a different pop-up that says, hey, uh, you know, to use an example, Amanda's waiting in the waiting room. Do you want to admit her? And then you just click, click yes, and you're ready to go. Now, let me back up just a touch because class was going was started on Wednesday, and on Tuesday morning, I got a little bit concerned because a lot of my students hadn't even gotten into Google Classroom. If you're not familiar with it, there's like a six-digit code that all the students get got a list of when they picked up their schedules. We did a curbside schedule pickup for that. And they had all the codes on there. So those kids had to physically go into classroom.google.com and Google would ask them on their end what their classroom code is. All they would do is, you know, type in their code for Mr. Collins' first grade math class that they saw on that piece of paper. And they were in there. Well... 24 hours before my first period was supposed to start, I had less than 25% of the students even in Google Classroom. So they wouldn't even see the Zoom link if they weren't in Google Classroom. So I asked some of my other teachers what they were doing, and I decided it was fairly easy to copy and paste some emails from the Infinite Campus. In fact, you can send one email out to everyone you don't want their email addresses to be seen but you know you probably know this when you email from google when you gmail there is an option on there besides cc that's called bcc or blind carbon copy is what that means so i sent it to myself and then put put all their email addresses in that bcc slot and then when they got it on their end, the only email address they could see was mine and theirs. So that's a good feature that I didn't have to send out, you know, 16 emails. I could just send out one and blind carbon copy. And, you know, that did the trick. They got emails directly. I just reminded them, make sure you're in your Google Classroom. The Zoom link is there. Make sure you're there before, you know, 830 in the morning. And sure enough, I think think for the most part by the end of the day all the students had done that they were in google classroom so here i am wednesday morning the first day of virtual class i know that my first class is going to be sixth graders in math i know most of what i'm going to cover that first day is just general procedures what they you know there's not really a dress code when you're at home but still there's things that are inappropriate to be seen on a computer screen so we covered that with them thank goodness there was nobody that had done anything improper concerning clothes they were all dressed and ready in fact i really think they were excited about it because that first class and keep in mind with sixth graders they have been the big kids on campus for a while because they were in fifth grade the oldest grade in their school their elementary school last year and now they're in the youngest grade in middle school so it's 
it's there's always that thing going from fifth to sixth grade and then going from eighth grade to high school. You've got that nervousness that sets in. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of nervous for them because I, I know what they're going through. I can see their reaction. So I knew, especially with the sixth graders, that I wanted to put them at ease. I joke I joked around with them when we started my computer applications class that I'll eventually be teaching them about computer coding and history of computers, including video games. So I actually dug out my old Atari 2600 from my closet from 1982 that I bought. It actually came out in the 70s. I think I bought mine in 1982, and I put it in my cabinet so they could see it in the background. I put a little poster up about the school and you know, just little things like that. And I joked around with them and tried to keep them loose. And we talked about some of the things we would be learning. The second day, I'll tell you that I actually, which when we played a Kahoot for things that they would be learning, just to kind of see, you know, since we're not going to do our ready diagnostic for a while, this Kahoot will kind of do the same trick. If you don't know these yet, don't worry about it. I'm kind of expecting you to miss, miss them. But it gives you a feel for where we're going. And, of course, you've got some students that had studied ahead, and they did real well. You've got the majority of students that, since they had never heard of that, they got a few right because they might have just known it from some of the things they heard. So that went real well as well. It's kind of funny. I told them, you know, if we were playing Kahoot, and, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not sure how. I love Kahoot. I'm not sure how much more we'll do virtually because basically the easiest way for them to do it is I'm going to share my screen to see the question and then answer the question on their cell phone, on their smartphone. Some of them didn't have all those options and they had to open a split screen. So, And some of them, I will tell you, also had a black screen. Generally, that is because of the Wi-Fi situation on the student's end. So in that regard, if that happens to you, just have them close the meeting, log back into the meeting, because some that most that were on Chromebooks did fine. There was only like one or two a class that ran into that problem. In fact, I would recommend if you have the option and your Wi-Fi in your building is good, keep in mind that your hardwired cable version of the internet, the ethernet, it's better. It's always stronger. So I would recommend you try to use your computer for that. Listen, let me tell you what I bought just because I knew it would be better. In fact, I had already bought it. So it's not like I laid out additional money, but I got about a $30 webcam that just sits on top of my PC in the classroom. It's high definition, so it's amazing how much better the picture is than just the picture that I'm shooting from my Dell laptop, so I really like that. I also have a microphone that I took in there that's kind of my backup for what I'm using that I'm talking to right now for my podcast. I took that into the classroom. That worked real well, and I was happy that we had, you know, we got going in that way. But just remember, try to help your students if they're having problems with that. If you're doing virtual right now, some of them are going to have issues. Be patient. Watch for their hands to raise on the screen. That seemed to work well. There's actually a feature within Zoom that you click a button that says raise your hands, and then it's an obvious icon in the square that I'm seeing you. And by the way, don't forget to put your 
I, this is what I want anyway. I like the gallery view where I can see all the students at one time and they can see each other. The option for that, it's like the six dots up in the upper right-hand corner of the Zoom screen that you have open. So make sure you put on gallery view so you can see each other. Man, there is so many other things that I wanted to share with you today, and we're almost out of time. First of all, if you're if you're teaching virtually, some of the things that we've run into is just general internet issues. It works better if you're hardwired. It works better if you just send that regular Zoom link. I told them while we were playing Kahoot that I would, you know, I'm in the, I'm in, you know, when we're back in the classroom, I'm used to giving out candy. So I'm not even sure if I'm going to be permitted to do that anymore for the, just the sanitary reasons until we get through this whole pandemic thing. So we'll have to exercise that. I actually have a feeling I'm not sure when the kids come back on on September 28th, if we're even going to be handing out that many papers, because that's just one more thing that adds up to a possible safety issue. So I'm thinking I'm going to prepare as many handouts as possible so that they can just stay on their Chromebook. Now, our classes are going to meet longer and not change as often. So, and they're meeting every other day because of that. So, each period. So, I think that will work well. But of course, we still have to sanitize all the desks and the Chromebooks. We've got big bottles of sanitizer ready to go that's made to dry as quickly and as sanitary as possible so we're spraying on all that on there but but get ready when your students come back i'm not sure how many handouts we're going to be able to give them it might be all on the computer i'm not sure how many treats we're going to be able to give them that too since you know it's not smart for me just to hand something immediately to them so but we'll get all this together but guys the students were so excited they came back right as quickly the second day. Everybody, I, I tried to save enough time at the end of the class period that they could just talk to each other on the Zoom screen and say, hi, it's good to see you again. Can't wait till we get back in the classroom. And that was my first week of virtual teaching. I hope you did well as well i know a lot of you are back in the classroom shoot me a note let me know how that's going greg collins substitute at gmail.com i will close with this thought the puzzle i gave my students last week is they're reinforcing an airplane they have to choose between the engine the wings and the tail most of the bullet holes were in the wings all right. Now you might have to go back and listen to last week's podcast to pick up on everything, but the mathematician solved it and told them, listen, you're looking at airplanes that have come back from battle that didn't crash. Keep in mind that the ones that crashed crashed because the bullets hit them in the engine. The ones you are seeing don't have many bullets in the engine. That's why they're still here. So it was kind of a cool exercise to go through. They all did well. I told them I would give them credit as long as they justified their answer, regardless of what it is. So we had fun with that this week, and I look forward to another great week. We're actually going to get into some math stuff this next week as we go forward. So we'll talk to you again next week on Substitute Teachers Lounge.
Music provided by Bing Sound.